Looks like it. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, now we're on. All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Take your take your coat off. Slip Stay off your while. shoes. Sit down. Have a glass. Have a glass of what? Whatever you want. Whatever you got. All right. We well. got. What do we got for you? We got. We got a Coke. We got a Coke Zero iced tea. Uh, you want an Arnold Palmer? Got a little bit of lemonade here. Okay. Uh, well, you're here with. <laughs> that was weird. I don't. Mm, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I was um, trying to vamp while you were. Yeah, that's true. Touching um, things. Yeah, I was trying to fix the audio. You're, uh, you're just touching on stuff. <laughs> being weird anyway you're at you you've stumbled upon known unknowns i guess known unknowns coming at you live from our undersea bunker do we say our names at the beginning of yes, this podcast we do. i'm harry i'm carly thanks for coming <laughs> that's all i have to say welcome to our an party intro. an intro <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> you intro. fool shut up <laughs> you said intro i did say intro um, anything you need to update the the family about? I don't think so. I always say that, though. And then mm-hmm. I think I come up with stuff. But as of this moment, no. Do you have anything you want to talk about? No. It's Easter. Mm-hmm. I mean, well... It's an Easter-themed episode, yeah. kind of. You're. I mean, you're going to be listening to this the day after Easter. You should come up closer to the microphone. Okay. I'm Thank closer you. than you are. No, you're not. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are not. My voice is definitely coming in higher. That's mine. That's yours. All right. Fine. <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah, it's an Easter-themed episode, kind of. Mm-hmm. We're talking... I guess... I'm talking about uh, people being buried alive, so... They mm-hmm. were buried, and then they woke back up. Alive. He is risen. He is risen. That's the is theme. the theme. That'll be the name of the episode. Yeah. He is risen. I yeah. guess if you're listening to this right after it came out, and you're in the Mountain West time zone or the Pacific time zone of the United States, it could still be Easter when you're hearing this. Ooh. Or if you're listening to it like 364 days from now, <gasps> Happy Easter then Happy to you. Happy Easter. Hope the uh, hope hope the bunny brought you some goodies. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't really have any any Corona news. Uh, if you've heard enough about Corona, yeah. I th- unfortunately, it seems like Boris Johnson got better. Yeah, I saw that. And Harvey Weinstein too. I don't. I think he is. Oh yeah, I has forgot that it. he had some. Yeah. He had it. So it it just it seems like no no one no one evil is going to die because of this. It's only going to be a uh, healthcare workers. Um, I guess a lot of old people. They're probably bad. Um, and then other other uh, John Prine country music legends. <laughs> Just healthcare workers and country music legends are the only people going to be affected by the coronavirus. Okay. Sorry. Moving on. Yeah. What do you have to say about corona? Nothing. I wasn't going to say anything about corona. I was just going to give updates on what we were doing. Oh, okay. What are we, Sorry. What are we doing? Nothing. We're recording. That was the update. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing anything. <laughs> Yeah. We bike like thirty miles a day to deliver food. Mm-hmm. You you were you've been painting. I guess I was painting yeah, too. Yeah, I painted a pig farm. Yeah. It's cute. <laughs> I I love your little pigs. <laughs> now I'm working on a painting of a of just one pig in a straw hat. Yeah. In front of a sunset. <laughs> it's really good. I'll post pictures of it when I'm done. Okay, good. Unless it's really bad then no no the people deserve to see it either way the sunset so far is good i haven't drawn the pig yet (laughs) i decided to do that afterwards maybe maybe if we ever do a patreon that will be one of the one of the tiers 
where like if you give less my uh, art yeah 25 dollars a month carly will <laughs> give you a pig picture <laughs> carly will paint a pig for you yeah i'll paint a pig for you they're really worth it honestly guys <laughs> what nothing i agree they're good pigs it's a good good painting it is really good <laughs> oh our roommate painted the mothman for you for your birthday yeah i'm we gonna f- post a picture of it because it's really good yeah we should put that on the known unknowns feed yeah it's good it's funny it is it's real goofy <laughs> Um, oh, if you hear noises, it's our neighbors walking around upstairs. Mm-hmm. Or our roommates watching a movie. Yeah, that's that too. But I don't hear that anymore, so maybe they stopped. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just paused to see if I could hear it. Okay. I'm like falling off of the bed. Oh, oh I'll scoot back. Well, no, I can't move forward, dummy. Yeah, you can. This room. No, because this microphone is right here. I'm not going to be up this close to it. Why not? Because then that happens. <laughs> you idiot. This is why you put the mic closer to you. Look at how much room you have. I, well, I don't have my laptop on my lap, which is what part of the reason why you have to sit back further. What? No. I can just move my laptop like this. What? Yeah, I know, but if I if we both had them here, I would have to sit further back. Whatever. Yeah, but we don't have them on our lap at the same time. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's irrelevant. All right. All right. I'm over this. Let's they don't want to hear about this. Let's it. get on with it. Let's start the show. I think they hear this argument show. every week. I think so. I think they're getting tired of it. Yeah. I'm trying to mess with the audio because it's either too loud or way too soft, and I don't know what's going on with the microphone lately. I'm having problems with it, and I don't know what it is. This might be a good This is setting. a good setting? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> Come on, Michael. Well, I'm talking about people who oh, were buried alive. Yay. So I have five um, stories, but they're all short. Okay. Then I'm going to talk about safety coffins. Oh, cool. So it might be actually kind of short, but I don't know. We'll see. Mine might be kind of short, too. Maybe you'll get away with a short episode today, folks. Yeah. Um, so, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. In 1937, a 19-year-old from France named Angelo Hayes went for a motorcycle ride. Perhaps he had minimal knowledge of how to operate such a vehicle because he ended up crashing it and slamming it headfirst into a brick wall. Uh-oh. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, well, he slammed into a brick wall, so yeah, maybe that's... he didn't know. But I also read that he was known around town as the guy who always rode his motorcycle around. Uh, okay. So obviously he knew how to ride his well, motorcycle. He, he was known around town for it because he wasn't good at it. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe he, the roadrunner had painted a tunnel onto the brick wall. And Ooh, that's why he ran into it. Good one. That happens to the best of us. Yeah, you're right. See, I don't know why this is going <laughs> so loud. I don't know what the deal is. This audio is going to be weird. I'm sorry, everyone. Anyway, when help arrived, they found Hayes' head was mangled and he had no pulse. He was so terrible to look at that his parents were kept from seeing him for their own good. Oh. They weren't allowed to see the kid. They're <laughs> like, hey, you really don't, you don't want to look at this, TBH. I don't, I don't want to look at a dead body either. Yeah. They, you wouldn't have to do much persuading on me. <laughs> Hayes was declared dead and buried three days later. Oh, three, okay, three days later. Yeah. Wow. So due to an investigation by an insurance company. because. His dad had taken a life insurance policy out on him, and they were like, foul play. Right. So then, which I guess if he was good at riding his motorcycle. Right. That's why he was known around town about riding his motorcycle. He must have known how his dad dad tampered with it. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's what happened. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or maybe his dad (sighs) knew that he was bad at... Maybe his dad... Just could tell that this this kid isn't going to be good at riding a motorcycle. So he got him one, knowing that he would kill himself on it. Right. 
Uh, so anyway, they were the insurance company was like, "Foul play! Get the bot! Get that body back up!" I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Uh-oh. the body of Angelo Hayes was exhumed two days after the funeral. It was quite the surprise to find that his body was still warm. Oh. Apparently, in the aftermath of the accident, his body put itself into a deep coma, which required very little oxygen to keep him alive. Okay. And so, after being buried alive for two days, Mm -hmm. uh, Hayes received proper medical care and went on to make a miraculous full recovery. Oh, great. Yeah. Normally, these stories are horrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. He then invented a type of security coffin that he toured across France. It was reported to contain, quote, a small oven, a refrigerator, and a hi-fi cassette player. What? Is that how you spell that? Say yeah. that hi-fi cassette player. Wait, when was this from? What? When did this happen? The 80s? 1937. Wait. Oh, okay. But so I thought the cassettes the... didn't come out until a lot later, unless that's a different kind of cassette. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. But he could have made it many years later. He was only oh, 19 yeah. and 37. Yeah, I guess you're right. I have more info on that later during for, during the safety coffin um, okay. thing. Got so it. maybe I'll figure it out. <laughs> but a coffin with an oven, a refrigerator, and a hi-fi player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that it's was... funny. Uh, I'll I'm gonna go. Should I go through it now? No, I'll go through it when I even go through if I'm like coffins. decapitated or uh, or something. Like if I'm burned alive and all you have is ashes, that I still want all. The... You want an oven in your car? I see. Yeah, I want an oven, a refrigerator, just, to, just for my ghost. You know. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so this guy lived and actually made a good fortune oh, good. on his safety coffin so yeah. you know he lived like a long life too i think he lived to like 80 man so then, that was a fun story yeah that's that's good they usually i don't think any of the of the other ones that i say that i tell are happy oh i should have saved that one for the end what so. if when he died for real he was buried alive too well i guess not died for real but when he was finally buried he still wasn't dead yeah, that would suck. That would be, yeah, upsetting for him. Yeah. But was he buried in one of his safety coffins? Pro- probably. <laughs> okay. I'm going to assume so. yes. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it. that he would probably be pretty pretty careful about that sort of thing. I bet he was buried in one of his safety mm-hmm. coffins, yeah. Uh, so the next story is about Octavia Smith Hatcher. Okay. In 1889... Octavia Smith married a wealthy Kentuckian named James Hatcher. The newlyweds had a son. Uh-oh. <laughs> They're throwing things out there. I think a glass broke. Maybe. Oops. I think I just dropped like a, a piece of silverware. That's what it sounded oh. like. Or maybe a glass broke. Okay. That happens. Anyway, the newlyweds had a son whom they named Jacob. However, infant mortality rates, being what they were in the 1800s, Oh, I burped. <laughs> Jacob died in infancy. Their baby died that, in infancy. That, that sucks. I know, that's really sad. Losing their son put Octavia in a deep depression, and she was bedridden for several months. During this time, she also began showing signs of a mysterious... I almost said mysterial. Like cereal. I was thinking of cereal. <laughs> a mysterious illness. Um, which I think was called like the sleeping illness or something. It's old, hmm. but uh, everyone it like swept through like the ta- her town, uh-huh. and it's still a thing in certain like African countries. Interesting. So, but it's not really a thing you see like uh-huh. you wouldn't see it in America. Okay, but yes, like you just go to sleep. Uh, or you no, get so eventually then... her body entered a coma-like state, and nobody could awaken her. She was pronounced dead in May of 1891, just four months after Jacob's death. Mm-hmm. It was an unusually hot May that year, and so Octavia was buried quickly, 
Embalming was not yet a common practice, so they just buried her. Mm -hmm. But a few days later, others in the town began falling into a similar coma-like sleep with shallow breathing patterns. So everyone mm -hmm. else got the same illness, like yeah. a bunch of other people. <laughs> and then these other people woke up a few days later. Oh, no. So they discovered it was an illness caused by the bite of a tsetse tsetse fly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh -huh. So fearing that she had been buried alive... James panicked and had Octavia exhumed, thinking she might awaken. She had, but James was too late. Oh. Yeah. Octavia's coffin was airtight. He found the coffin lining had been shredded, and Octavia's fingernails were bloody, oh. and her face was frozen in a contorted shriek of terror. Oh. Yeah. It's always the fingernail thing that gets me. Yeah, I, I don't it. like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that. Ugh. Uh, a traumatized James reburied Octavia and erected a lifelike monument of her that sits in the cemetery she rests in. Oh. Uh, lifelike before she was buried, I assume. Not, yeah. <laughs> not like yes, her, Harry. <laughs> not, not her worn down fingernails and no. shrieking. I die right. Terrible. Just making sure. Ugh. Historian Jessica. Forsyth, yeah, notes that James went on to develop a severe phobia of being buried alive. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I'm developing one now. Yeah. So the next one is about Stephen Small. Okay. One night in 1987, so not that long ago, no. a 39-year-old Illinois businessman named Stephen Small, mm -hmm. received a phone call that one of his renovation projects was being broken into. Uh -oh. He didn't realize that by going to the property, he was being lured into his own abduction. Oh, my. I know. Twists and turns. Yeah. Twists and turns. Uh, his wife, Nancy Smalls, received a call at 3.30 a.m., informing her that the ransom and her husband was $1 million. The family received five calls in total and were willing to comply with demands. Only they couldn't understand them because of poor sound quality of the messages. Mm. <laughs> where, Stephen was, where Stephen was during this time was in a homemade wood box about three feet underground. Oh. His abductors provided him with a flimsy breathing tube and some water. <laughs> suggesting that they intended to let him live if they got payment. <laughs> but something happened that they maybe didn't plan on. Stephen's breathing tube failed. <laughs> so they buried this man alive and just gave him, like, a tube. Yeah. And then he died. <laughs> so this yeah. isn't, like, the traditional buried alive right. story. This is just too dumb. They dummies. meant to bury him alive, and then they accidentally <laughs> Yeah, he was supposed to get they out. They accidentally buried him dead. Yeah. So when police finally used their air patrol to find Smalls' vehicle, it was too late. They couldn't pinpoint how long he'd been inside the box, but they did deduct that he'd been dead for several hours. That's it. Oh, man. His abductors uh, were convicted of first-degree murder and aggravated kidnapping. Uh, quote, they planned it, end quote, said Kankakee Deputy Chief Robert Pe Pepin. They built a box. They put a ventilation system in. That's what they, quote, they built a box, they put mm -hmm. it in delicious. They met, they planned it. I mean, I don't think they planned to kill him. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they intentionally made the uh, breathing tube fail after they didn't get their money. Yeah, maybe. But probably not. Yeah. Um. So this one's actually really depressing. Oh, <laughs> more so than the other ones? Yeah. This one is of Great. Jessica Lunsford. In March of 2005, oh my goodness, sex offender John Evander Cooey Cowie kidnapped and raped nine year old Jessica Lunsford. Murder was also among the charges as Cooey Cowie, I don't know, buried the girl found in a speaker wire, bound in a speaker wire in a trash bag near her home in Homo. Homo Homosasa, Homosasa, F-A-L, what's that? F-A-L? F-L-A. Oh. oh, Florida. 
Oh, that's weird. Homo Sasa, Homo Sasa, Florida. The only thing is, Jessica wasn't dead when this man put her in the bag. Heartbreakingly, nobody discovered the girl's makeshift burial site hidden under some leaves until three weeks later. The medical examiner ruled that Jessica died of asphyxiation and that she'd managed to poke two holes in the trash bag before she ran out of oxygen. Her fingers were sticking out of the holes when they uncovered the bag. Buried inside was Jessica. With Jessica was her favorite stuffed animal, a purple dolphin. Cooey let her bring along when he abducted her. As much of a gut punch as this story is, uh, we can... Oh, wait. He was caught. Great. <laughs> prosecuted and sentenced to death. Oh. Although he didn't live to see his execution, he died of cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was a bad, that was, that was no fun. That was horrible. Yeah. Why would you tell me something like that? Yeah. Oh, earlier in his sentencing, at his sentencing court date, Cooey mentioned that he would apologize to Jessica in heaven. (laughs) And then Jessica's dad said, I have bad news. I don't think you're going to make it there. Oh, man. To heaven. Badass. Badass. That was a depressing story. So that was just some dumbass rapist who tried to strangle her with a cord and then didn't know she was still alive. So he buried this nine-year-old girl alive in a trash bag. Yep, that's what happened. That wasn't fun. I shouldn't have said that. One. I like <laughs> yeah. the old timey ones where they like. I don't want to hear about that. Died of, or they thought they were gonna. Um. Uh. I you know, it's were... usually like some disease. Right. A lot of times it was. Uh, what was that disease that everyone got back in the day? I don't know. That was like made everyone think people were vampires or something. Oh, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people who got that died yeah, underground or buried alive. Yeah, because they went into like comas or something. It's mainly people who went into a coma. Yeah, it makes sense. But now with embalming, that this doesn't really happen because you die. <laughs> yeah, you die while you're being. That. So mm-hmm. I guess you could. Wouldn't that suck if you were alive while they were embalming? You <laughs> yeah. Know? What would What would you rather? I mean, I'd rather definitely be. Died during embalming, then die. I guess then I wake was up in underground. a coma, and then they were embalming me. I don't think I'd feel it. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people were like just got buried while they were in a coma, but still alive. But then they just never woke up from the coma, and then just died in a coma. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you have more. You have more. Yeah, of these? I have. I yeah, I have another one. Anna Hockwalt. Okay. So, this is from 1884. Okay, so... Kentucky's Hickman Courier reported that a young lady by the name of... What? Uh, the the Hickman, Hickman Courier. <laughs> Hickman Courier. It's funny uh, to me. A lady by the name of Anna Hockwalt was dressing for her brother's wedding and sat down to rest in the kitchen. When someone checked in on her, a few minutes later, she was still there. Her, quote... Head leaning against the wall and apparently lifeless, end quote, the paper reported. Medical aid arrived and the doctor assumed she was dead when he couldn't revive her. Anna's generally nervous nature and the fact that she suffered from heart palpitations was the flimsy cause of death. Hmm. However, this assumption didn't sit well with some of Anna's friends, who thought her ears still looked pink as though blood was flowing through them. Hmm. Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, they just kind of found her laying there and they're like she's dead and her friends were like no they're not i don't don't know bad doctor yeah anna was buried the next day and her friends told her parents of their earlier observation of course this perplexed her parents to the point of having to having her dug back up they found the worst case scenario anna's body was turned onto its side fingers gnawed almost to the bone and hair torn out by the handful that's it that's not, mm. <laughs> Those are my stories. I didn't like any of that. The first one was good. Yeah. yeah I, know, I don't like buried alive stories. He I didn't, lived. There, I can't go too in depth on one. Yeah, I Just understand. they die. 
kind of. Sure, yeah. And then they get buried and not really, they're not dead. They rise up again like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So... Let me let me just tell you a little well, bit I mean, about safety coffin. For Jesus, he 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 was like the first guy, and he lived after he got buried alive. He wasn't buried alive. He oh, died. Okay, he got bitch. He lived after he got buried dead. <laughs> uh, so a little history on some safety coffins. Which what is a safety coffin? You ask. Um. I mean, I think I can guess. But. Great. A coffin that you can be buried in that uh, has some sort of mechanism in it that if you're buried alive, you can either stay alive and alert people. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what it is, staying alive and somehow alerting people if you wake up in your coffin. Okay. So the first recorded safety coffin was constructed on the orders of Duke Ferdinand of Brunswick before his death in 1792. He had a window installed to allow light in, an air tube to provide a supply of fresh air, and instead of having the lid nailed down, he had a lock fitted. In a special pocket of his shroud, he had two keys, one for the coffin lid and a second for the tomb door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, P.G. Pessler, a German priest, suggested in 1798 that all coffins have a tube inserted from which a cord would run to the church bells. If an individual had been buried alive, they would draw attention to themselves by ringing the bells. <laughs> the church bells. Oh. <laughs> the tube, the, that's, that's, tube inserted from which a cord would run to the church bells. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> fun. You'd hear the church bells ringing and... It's a warning that the dead are rising. (laughs) This idea, while highly impractical, led to the first designs of safety coffins equipped with signaling systems. Pessler's colleague, Pastor Beck, suggested that coffins should have a small trumpet-like tube attached. Each day, the local... Okay, so you think there's like a trumpet, like (laughs) they put a trumpet in there. So, you know, you You're think alive. if you wake you up, you can, like, blow into the horn. Play us a little tune. No. Wrong. Oh. That's not why the trumpet tube was attached. Oh. Each day, the local priest would check the state of putrefaction, put- putref- Decay. Yeah, of the corpse by <laughs> sniffing into the tube. <laughs> Smells dead to me. If no odor was detected or the priest heard cries for help, the coffin would be dug up and the occupant rescued. Okay. So they smelled. Oh, yeah, that reeks. (laughs) That one's good. Dr. Adolf Gutsmith was buried alive several times to demonstrate a safety coffin of his own design. And in 1822, he stayed underground for several hours and even ate a meal of soup, bratwurst, marzipan, sauerkraut, spatzel, beer, and for dessert, pinsrigem tentorte. What? <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a really big word. Okay. Something uh, German. Yeah. Delivered to him through the coffin's feeding tube. <laughs> what a freak. Why Why have a feeding tube? Why, why not <laughs> just dig either. them up as soon as you realize they're alive? So they can stay alive, like, while you're... While you get someone to come dig them up, because they could die any second. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, in the 1820s, also saw the use of portable death chambers in Germany. A small chamber equipped with a bell for signaling and a window for viewing the body was constructed over an empty grave. Watchmen would check each day for signs of life or decomposition in each of the chambers. If the bell was rung, the body would be immediately removed. But if the watchman observed signs of putrefaction... I can't say that word. Putrefaction? Putrefaction? Putrefaction. Is that how it's spelled? Yeah. In the corpse, a door in the floor of the chamber would be opened and the body would drop down into the grave. What? Oh. Oh, I get it. So they wait until you're already rotting to put you down in the grave. A panel could then be slid in the cover to cover the grave and the upper chamber removed and reused. Reduce, okay. reuse, reuse, reduce, recycle. I don't know what yeah. Um Let's see. In eighteen ninety 
1829, Dr. Johann Gottfried (laughs) designed a system using a bell which would alert the cemetery night watchman. The corpse would have strings attached to its hands, head, and feet, a house around, a housing around the bell uh, above ground prevented it ringing accidentally. An improvement over previous designs, the housing prevented rainwater from r- running down the tube and netting prevented, okay, and netting preventing insects from entering the coffin. If the bell rang, the watchman had to insert a second tube and pump air into the coffin with a bellows to allow the occupant to survive until the casket could be dug up. Uh, So, the systems using cords tied to the body suffered from the drawback that, uh, so, yeah, you hear this, like, whenever the body is naturally decaying, it moves, you (laughs) know? It, like, it'll swell or, like, shift Mm -hmm. or get small, like, you know, change its position, which... That'll cause the bell to ring. It'll yeah. cause the string to move even a little bit, which will cause the bell to ring. Yeah. Uh, so they had a lot of false positives. That makes sense. So then they started adding like a little tube where you can view the body. Mm-hmm. So if they heard the bell, they could view the body. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's about it. Okay. It's just a bunch of other like Is there stuff. Any- are there any records of people like actually being saved by safety coffins? No, 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 no one's ever actually been saved by a safety <laughs> coffin. Uh, so I don't know if anyone's ever been buried alive in one, uh-huh. but there's no reported like, oh, he was saved <laughs> by a safety works. coffin. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. So remember that guy who was buried alive and then created his own safety coffin yeah. with an oven? Yeah. So let me read a little bit about it. Oh, okay. So the controls at the coffin's dashboard maneuvered the (laughs) oxygen supply. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I didn't know it had a dashboard, too. (laughs) Or controls. I'm reading this from a book. Are people still being buried alive? That's the book. All right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let me just start over because you really broke down there for a second. that's funny. Yeah. Is it a is it a coffin or a spaceship? Coffin, okay. Harry. A coffin. Hey, I don't know. The controls at the coffin. The spaceship can become a coffin. Dashboard maneuvered the oxygen supply from large tubes. <laughs> oh God! The ventilation fan, the air pumps, and the chemical toilet, the electrical alarm, and the shortwave radio transmitter and receiver, which worked through an aerial sticking. Up above the earth, several extra gadgets like a small oven, a refrigerator, and a hi-fi cassette player attached to the radio were optional. They were like optional features. How big was this thing? I don't know. Apparently huge. Yeah. Hayes went on tour with his coffin and became a media star. During the shows, he let himself be buried in the coffin to demonstrate that it was fully functional. At a demonstration in Bordeaux, Bordeaux, Mm -hmm. 25,000 paying spectators came to see him, and the take from this and a series of other shows brought him a handsome profit, although few, if any, of his security coffins found buyers. (laughs) Hayes himself boasted that um, a wealthy 93-year-old French woman had ordered two coffins, one for herself and one for her niece. The niece presumably did not much appreciate this macabre present from her dismal... Uh, I don't know how to say that word. At one of the shows, French television buried a camera and a microphone in the coffin with him, and the sprightly Angelo Hayes sang his favorite songs to a live TV audience (laughs) down in his little coffin. Oh, God, this is rough. Although the acoustics in the narrow coffin cannot have benefited his performance, the program was a great success. I'm sure. Uh, a Monte Carlo television company signed a contract with him, and he recorded a series of 13 shows with them during a five-year period. So, like, I think of him doing stuff in his uh-huh. coffin. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could have... What is this man? 
I'm proud of this man. I think man, he, he okay? was like ahead of his time. He could have like re t- today. He could have like rebranded them as like social ice as like isolation <gasps> chambers. Isolation chambers. You could go COVID. underground. Yeah. Oh, I know. They're like. I mean, they sound just like mini bunkers. For yeah. One mini single occupancy no, they bunkers. Do. They do. Uh, no one has doubted the amazing story of Angelo Hayes and the fact that no journalist exposed him at the height of his fame may indicate that he was really buried alive in 1937. Uh, the only inconsistency in the various accounts of his story is that one version holds that his body was exhumed owing to insurance uh, technicalities, another that his coffin was uh, dis- disinterred so that his uncle could see his body for the last time. Hmm. Most of the versions I hear is an insurance thing. Uh-huh. A third version from a notoriously unreliable source okay. maintains that he suffered a heart attack and actually awoke uh, in his premature grave before being saved after a visitor uh, to the churchyard heard a frantic banging against the coffin lid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess there, so there are there are multiple stories of like how he died and stuff. So I'm guessing the version he told was that was the one where he was like no one around town is the motorcycle guy. Oh, like he's getting yeah. around the motorcycle and That's stuff. And the true. real story is that he sucked didn't really. It. Yeah, he sucked it riding a freaking motorcycle. He was a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so funny though? His thing <laughs> had to be huge, but his security coffin was not the last one on the market. The last one was in the 1960s. Okay. Uh, that's all I got. Oh, okay. I don't have anything Somewhere about that one. In the 60s, someone else made a security coffin. Uh, coffin. Yeah, Google Books cut off the book for me at that point, so that's it. Okay. On that one. <laughs> this one I thought was kind of cool. Uh, before the first reported construction of a safety coffin, uh-huh. like people were doing stuff like this way before... Uh-huh. It was like report or people were like trying to make safety coffins. Sure, makes sense. Uh, Robert Robinson died in Manchester in 1791, and a movable glass pane was inserted in his coffin, and the mausoleum held a door for purposes of inspection by a watchman, who was to see if he breathed on the glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, he instructed his relatives to visit his grave periodically to check that he was still dead. So a lot of it was people who were just like, I mean, I just thought that was interesting, like the glass to see if it would like fog Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people were like, hey, you really need to like, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. check on me here. Um, Yeah. Okay. That's like all I got. Cool. It was kind of all over the place, but I liked all the stories. (laughs) No, they're all good. Get over it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess it's, uh, I guess it's my turn now. Yeah, it's your turn. I'm going to be talking about uh, more people coming back from the dead, returning from the grave. In a different way, question mark? Yeah, I'm going to be talking about, um, as the Cranberries once put it, um, zombie, 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 eh, eh. That's what they're saying? Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, God, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, zombies. Yeah, I think zombies are bullshit. Okay. Do you think zombies exist? I mean, well, it depends what you mean. Real? It depends what you mean by that. I don't think zombies can ever be well, real. Okay. So, yeah, the kind I, I I would I mean, yeah, if I don't I don't know that anyone actually believes that zombies of the like Night of the Living Dead kind. Grace Springer. She thinks zombies can be real? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Me and uh, Hannah used to get in arguments with Grace about it all the time. Okay. So, I I mean, I'm sure there are people who think they could be real. I don't think there are people who think that they are real or have ever happened like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying they could never be real. Yeah, I don't don't see it. But it's always good to be prepared. (laughs) Okay. Nah, just kidding. I don't I don't think it's good to be prepared for anything. Play it by ear. You're right. Um anyway. So that's the, that's the, like the the modern idea of zombies comes from like yeah, like where they're they're dead people from some virus or something and then they come back 
soon after they die. Corona. Yeah. It's going to spark the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Holy crap. Could happen. I think that we'd know by now, right? It would have started. But you, you never know. People have been buried alive because of this thing. <laughs> That's really dark. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the modern idea of zombies goes back to 1968 and Night of the Living Dead by George Romero and stuff. But humans and zombies go back way further than that um, in one form or another. So, I'm yeah. going to. So, gonna a s- zombie is like you die and then you come back to life as a. You come back to life. You come back, yeah, basically. As like a dead thing. Yeah, as a dead thing. You don't really have a soul or consciousness or whatever. No free will. Um, So I'm going to start in, I'm going to go back a little bit beyond that to start off with to 1937. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this year, Zora Neale Hurston, the author and anthropologist, um, she was in Haiti researching that country's folklore um, when she learned about the case of Felicia Felix Mentor. Okay. Um, so the previous fall in October of 1936, a woman had wandered into the village of Ennery, Haiti, uh, totally naked, without eyelashes. She's lame in the left leg and with a ragged cloth wrapped around her face. Um, okay. This, you know, caused a stir in the town and the mentor family who lived on the outskirts. uh, They came and investigated as well. And everyone around agreed before she was taken to the hospital that she bore a striking resemblance to a member of their family, uh, Felicia Felix Mentor, who was... Wait, so this other person thing that's walking around looks like this other lady? Yeah. um, Who was also... She was also lame in the left leg because she had a fracture in it, and they, she, I guess, just facially and bodily looked like her a lot. Um, But the odd thing was, is that Felicia had died of an unknown illness and been buried 29 years earlier in 1907. Um, (laughs) So what people theorized is that uh, Felicia had been cursed by a witch or a sorcerer to become their zombified slave, but then at some point recently had been abandoned, and so she was able to find her way home. Whoa. Because she came into the town, I th- and I think, like, claimed, she, like, wandered up to this farm and, like, claimed that it had previously been owned, that it was owned by her father or something, and her, her like, husband and her son still lived in the town, or Felicia's husband and son. Oh my gosh. Wait, so she claimed that she was that person? Well, she's no, she just said that she was like from this town before. She oh. didn't like say she didn't she couldn't say anything about her past or anything. That's she was creepy. just kind of like you know, like in a weird dazed state where she didn't like remember much of anything. Mm-hmm. Like where she came. She couldn't like tell people where she came from or anything. Hmm. Um Yeah. Uh let's see. Uh, doctors who Zora Neale Hurston talked to said that they they thought that zombies were possible with some not not through witchcraft but through some form of like psychoactive drug which could suppress speech and your free will in those exposed to it um hmm. but it turned out that um, the woman wasn't Felicia. Oh, Felix man, Mentor. I really wanted to believe it. Yeah, I know. <sighs> X-rays revealed that her leg had never been fractured, and she was just limping due to severe malnourishment. Mm. Her eyelashes had fallen out due to an eye infection, which also made them extremely sensitive to light, which is why she had the cloth wrapped around her face. Ooh. Her aged appearance was due to a malnourishment, too. And once she was, like, healthy again, she looked much younger, uh, too young to be Felicia. Got it. Yeah. So it was just, she was malnourished. Yeah, she was just malnourished. That's why she looked like she, I like guess, was... Like a zombie. That's why she looked like a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, some people still theorize that while she may not have been Felicia Felix uh, mentor, she still might be a a, a zombie. Yeah, because no. 
<laughs> well, okay. she because she had like no idea where she came from. She had no memory of anything before. She couldn't like say who she was, how old she was, any of that kind of stuff. Malnourishment. So Theorize that she was like, she could be some other um, healed zombie. She was probably just some poor abused lady. Probably, but who <laughs> I guess also suffered from amnesia. But she got happen. hit in the head. Yeah, probably. <laughs> from her abuser. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but people believe this because zombies in rural folklore are really common in like the rural folklore of Haiti. Um, there are two kinds of zombies in Haitian voodoo. One is a, um, a zombie astral, um, which is part of the human soul. Where a a bokor or a witch or a which is a, a yeah like a bokor is a witch or a sorcerer, um, they can capture a zombie astral in order to like enhance their own power so they can like take the soul of a person or part of the soul, hmm. and they can capture that and have it, I guess, and they can also uh, store a zombie astral inside a specially decorated bottle. Um, and then sold to a client to bring them luck or healing or business success. <laughs> um, it is believed that God eventually will reclaim the zombie's soul. So the zombie, um, so the zombie is like a temporary spiritual entity. Oh. And that, um, but there's also the other kind of uh, voodoo zombie, um, which is you know also the more commonly referenced kind, which is when a bokor goes to the body of a dead person and then re- revives them to act as their slave. So Ooh. after a person dies, they will either dig them up or just before they're buried, they will like go and um, give their lifeless body life, but not really a soul or anything, just yeah. to like kind of wander around and do their bidding. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, Hades, Hades criminal code, which was passed in 1864, might even make reference to zombies, um, (laughs) (laughs) and make it a crime to turn somebody into one. Um, the quote from their code penal is also shall be qualified as attempted murder. The employment, which may be made by any person of substances, which without causing actual death, produce a lethargic coma more or less prolonged. If after the administering of such substances the person has been buried, the act shall be considered murder, no matter what result follows. Hmm. So if you so don't be a witch. Yeah. So don't <laughs> don't try to huh. don't like make someone go into a coma and then get buried, because that is illegal. A murder. Yeah. Even if they even if then you revive them to become your slave. <laughs> uh. Yeah, sounds like a pretty fair law. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I mean, it's... Uh, yeah. Um, so zombies came to be part of Haitian voodoo through a combination of beliefs. I mean, uh, Haiti is also where we get... Haitian voodoo is where we get the word zombie. Oh. Um, I think it's... Also, I think zombie is where... Yeah. They started using the term zombie there and... I think it comes from the word like zumbi, which comes from uh, Hmm. African beliefs. Um, And so like other voodoo beliefs, it's a mixture of African stuff that enslaved people brought with them and also the native people of uh, Haiti, Mm -hmm. uh, the native Taino people of the island. Uh, Archaeologists who have studied ruins of the Taino civilization uh, believe that they used pufferfish and the toxins present in them as part of their religious rituals. Um, Researchers have theorized that religious leaders would heighten their authority by ingesting a particular pufferfish toxin, which would make them appear to die, and then a few days later return from the dead. What? So pufferfish... So what does that actually do to people? Just kill them? Um, So puff... Yeah, so (laughs) pufferfish... I mean, uh, pufferfish are, like, known to be, like, super... Um, toxic. They have to, like various. Yeah. So what happens when like, people actually did that? They well, it depends. So they have a few different toxins in them, actually. Okay. Um, I'll get. Um, actually, I have it. So, um, a uh, a researcher from Harvard, um, ethnobotanist Wade Davis, uh, traveled to Haiti in 1982, and he, um, 
claimed that a living person can be turned into a zombie by two special powders being introduced into their blood. Um, the first um, powder strike, coup de poudre, um, which is tetrodotoxin, which, um, it's a powerful and frequently fatal neurotoxin found in the flesh of the pufferfish, um, which then you could like through like very particular preparation methods <laughs> if you like took in the right amount of it it would make you like go into a coma for a couple of days and then wear off and then you come back to life so Weird. the idea is that yeah the the taino people would use this as part of their religious practices they found a ton of they've in like their old um archaeological digs they've found tons of like pufferfish remains they found like pottery that looks like pufferfish and stuff <laughs> uh, that's associated with like um their religious rituals and stuff mm -hmm. um so the idea of a person dying and being come back and bring and being brought back to life um as part of a religious thing likely comes from that or mm. partially comes from that um some slaves brought to haiti also brought with them the belief that the voodoo deity Baron Samedi um, would gather them from their grave to bring them to a heavenly afterlife uh, back in Africa, um, unless they had offended him in some way, in which case they would be forever a slave after death as a zombie. Yeah. Life. yeah, that part sucks. Um, but a zombie could also be saved by feeding them salt. I guess. <laughs> um, salt? Just feed the zombies feed salt? Feed the zombies salt and it'll save them, apparently. Will they die? I'm not sure. Or will they be a human again? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. That's all that I That's all that I read. The zombie could be saved by feeding them salt in this particular belief. Um, English, okay. English professor Amy Willens has written that the modern concept of save zombies was strongly influenced by Haitian slavery slave drivers on the plantations who were usually who were who were usually slaves themselves and sometimes voodoo priests used the fear of zombification to discourage slaves from committing suicide so. oh oh yeah so if you if you, I mean if you commit so who did that who's who encouraged that um so to uh like slave drivers on the plantations who were also often slaves themselves and so familiar with like voodoo practices and stuff that's like don't commit suicide otherwise you'll um, turn into the zombie yeah baron samedi wouldn't like bring you back to heaven in africa and stuff oh, after gosh. you die and you'll just stay here as a slave forever after your death rough <laughs> yeah uh oh, i was gonna say something else um the oh Back to Wade Davis. Um, so two, I actually, I, I skipped over part of what I was saying about the uh, powderfish stuff. So yeah. if you combine the pufferfish toxin with different deliriant drugs, such as Datura, um, together these powders were said to induce, induce a death-like state in which the will of the victim would be entirely subjected to that of the bokor. Hmm. Um Davis also popularized the story of Clervius Narcissa, who was claimed to have succumbed to this practice. Um, the most, uh, the most ethically questioned and least scientifically explored ingredient of the powders is part of a recently buried child's brain. <laughs> so I guess there is also <laughs> in some of the uh, some of the I guess uh, voodoo recipes or. I guess theories about voodoo recipes is that you have these powders plus a powder derived from part of a recently buried child's brain. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that part sucks. Um anyway. What you looking up now? So I was looking up this uh Clervius Narcissa guy. Okay. Um he is a Haitian man who um, is said to have been turned into a into a zombie by Haitian voodoo pre preparation, purportedly a combination of psychoactive substances. <laughs> what? When did this happen? Uh, this happened in, I believe, nineteen ninety in the 1990s. What? So Clervius Narcissa was a guy who supposedly in the 60s 
was he died or was declared dead and then he was given these or he was given the pufferfish stuff and then he was given the uh, the other datura mm-hmm. which made him seem like a zombie but then in the 90s he returned or no only in the 80s sorry in 1980 he returned to his village apparently and this is a guy who that actually did have or he did actually disappear he was declared dead he disappeared and then he came back to his village and they think that he was that it happened because of these uh, zombie making drugs basically hmm. mhm oh sorry my computer just died right after that so i can't tell you any more information okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. The idea of physical zombie-like creatures is also present in some South African cultures, um, where in some communities it is believed that a dead person can be zombified by a small child. I'm not quite sure Mm -hmm. how they do it, but uh, it is said that the spell can be broken by a powerful enough uh, healer. It is also believed in some areas of South Africa that witches can zombify a person by killing and possessing the victim's body in order to force it into slave labor. Slave labor. Um, after rail lines were built to transport migrant workers around South Africa, stories emerged about witch trains, um, which train, which are tra- trains that appear like ordinary trains, but were supposedly staffed by zombified workers <laughs> controlled by a witch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the trains would abduct a person boarding at night, and then the person would be either be zombified or beaten and thrown from the train a distance away from the original location. Why? <laughs> I don't know, because there was... I don't know why would they would just be beaten and not zombified. Beaten and then just thrown off the train. Like, why? I don't know why. Because they resisted zombification? I don't know. I guess so. I don't know. Uh, and the earliest written reference to something resembling a zombie is from the Akkadian Empire in either the, uh, in the second millennium BC, um, in Mesopotamia, okay. um, where in the descent of Ishtar into the underworld, the goddess Ishtar threatens, if you do not open the gate for me to come in, I shall smash the door and shatter the bolt. I shall smash the doorpost and overturn the doors. I shall raise up the dead, and they shall eat the li- eat the living, and the dead shall outnumber the living. Okay. <laughs> the dead shall outnumber the living. Yeah. It's a zombie, ap- she- She's a zombie apocalypse. Threatening to make a yeah a zombie apocalypse happen. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I just, I I don't have anything particularly written down, but I think that about this thought but i think it's interesting the way that zombies developed as a um like a religious or like um spiritual sort of belief and the way that they've uh sort of transformed over the years in western culture into something like scientific or something that's created yeah or something that can just is very powerful and not even powerful but that could basically destroy the earth and eat everyone and turn everyone into (laughs) zombies you know right like destroy us rather than i feel like the original ones were people made zombies to be their slaves yeah yeah in a in a lot of the um older like voodoo and african beliefs and stuff yeah so slave zombies versus zombies that will rule the world (laughs) yeah but i mean interesting yeah uh how or, is it more scientific well now they're like base well or i mean like they're us. i guess i don't know well now they're they're from viruses or like Ooh, that yeah. kind of like some kind of infection or something so they come from yeah, 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 although yeah. there are all i mean also a lot of times those zombies develop in like those movies and things that's the the zombie virus or whatever comes from like some kind of medical research gone wrong or from like mutation from outer, yeah. sp- outer from outer space or like um up, up, uh, radiation or something mm-hmm. or even going more religious what and that's more what you talked about was more religious mm-hmm. yeah i mean well that yeah where the zombie where the idea of zombies comes from basically is from a, like a more spiritual place 
Um, but I guess as the world has become less spiritual, maybe, I don't know. Do you think the world is less spiritual? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't know. I think that spirituality plays a lesser function in people's lives. But I mean, I don't know. The thing, I don't know if that is true. The interesting thing is that we, we still have stories about zombies and people coming back from the dead. Just the re, so, and that that has stayed the same. Just the explanation for why they occur within those stories has ha, has just changed. So the stories themselves still exist. They've just the details have changed about them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like zombies. I don't like the topic of zombies very much. So <laughs> that's why I'm just kind of like, oh yeah. I think zombies are dumb. Yeah. The idea of zombies are stupid. Some of those stories, I was like, ooh, interesting. No, uh-huh. I was interested in it. I don't know. Wait, well, what do you think about Frankenstein? Because I think that's an interesting bridge between... Is that a zombie? Well, it's it's a, it's a, person about, it's a story about a person bringing someone back from the dead. They to... brought someone back from the dead? I thought he just made him. Well, I mean, he made him out of dead bodies parts of dead bodies and oh, stuff like yeah, that that's gross i kind of forget that that's how and it's sort of it's a singular person bringing someone back from the dead for their own gain but through scientific methods rather than through witchcraft yeah it's an intro i i think so a zombie yeah it's you know one of the i don't know and one of the like early like western zombie things i don't think of that as i don't think of that as a zombie yeah but i think it well yeah i mean i think it's similar enough no yeah i I mean i I, I wouldn't say the frankenstein frankenstein is a zombie but i think that it is worth talking about in the context of zombies as a whole yeah (laughs) yeah or frankenstein's monster my bad yeah right (laughs) Frankenstein's monster. Uh, well, we can. We should probably wrap up. You think? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything. I'm done with my story. You're done with your story. So I guess we have no reason to go on talking at this point. Yeah, it's just a short episode, but I guess. No, it's over an, an hour. hour. Yeah, that's a good length. Mm-hmm. You might cut out all the, all of my uh, struggling for content and your computer died a couple times so it was rough <laughs> yeah a couple times cut out all the racial slurs and things that you wrote <laughs> no i was joking oh i was like what wait what <laughs> cut out all the sexism right <laughs> after that it just was um so yeah he uh uh yeah yeah that's yeah <laughs> That's why you said that so much. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, do you have anything to end the episode? I'm kind of sleepy. That's yeah, probably I why tell. I was like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's like Sunday afternoon, night, evening time. <laughs> I said three different times, but you get it. It's Easter. Oh, Happy yeah. Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. It's, I, you know, the Easter sleepiness of... Uh, Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Were you eating turkey behind my back? No, and who eats turkey for Easter? Eat ham. <laughs> I think, right? I don't Easter know. ham. Sure. Or I don't know. Do people eat? We used to eat ham on Easter, I think. Okay. I have no idea what people eat for Eat, eat eggs. Ugh, Reese's eggs. <laughs> I can't wait to buy those tomorrow. <laughs> Get your discount Halloween. Not Halloween. Discount Easter candy tomorrow and listen to our episode. Yes. But by the time you listen to this. Except do that today. And also go back to the beginning of the episode and listen to it again now that you know to get your discounted candy. Yeah. So I'm just reminding everyone you need to go out, get your discounted candy. That's pretty much it. Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, I've been Harry. Uh, and I'm still Carly. Leave your. This is Ben. Oh, this no, is Ben. No, no, no. Oh no, my God, none. we are struggling oh, today. God. You know, next week we'll have a more structured, better researched oh, episode. Yeah. I will start researching things. 
before Sunday. <laughs> okay, before I will. Before we record. I pledge to do the same. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'll have like a really good, well-researched topic. Okay, good. I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And I might. Hey, I tried. Let's so try. did I. We're, we've been working a lot. And we're sleepy. I'm friggin' sleepy. And it was my birthday weekend, so yeah. gosh, get off my back, people. I can only do so much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, this has been... No, no, no. Leave your <laughs> zombies at the door. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.